I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to what the Lord's getting ready to do around here. Amen. I believe Jesus is about ready to come. Anybody else with me on there as I look around? But I'm telling you, it's time to get on fire. I believe we're living in a lukewarm generation. You know, I was earlier this week, you know, sometimes, you know, the Lord just puts messages right there in front of you. You can just pick up a pen or a, get on the type computer and just begin to type. And this is one of those messages right there. You know, he told me this is that lukewarm generation right there. People ain't sold out to him like he once was. People are lax in their walk with him. And he, you know, I begin to get the hold of this message. And I believe, you know, that sign right there of a lukewarm generation is the prevalent one right before the coming of the Lord. What's interesting in Revelation chapter 3 is the last church age that is mentioned, the church that was mentioned before John's caught up into heaven was Laodicea. And that's where we're going to go late. Revelation chapter 3, verse 16 tonight. I'm going to use this one verse right here. One verse. To hit. I'm going to pick up a little bit where I left off Sunday night a little bit with this. People do not want to walk the straight and narrow way no more. People don't want to walk the way of holiness. But I got news for you. Just because man's standards may change does not mean the standards of God change. The standards of God remain the same as it was from the very beginning. Amen. What he said then, he still means today. Anybody else uh, believe that tonight? Revelation 3, verse 16. Uh, listen to the words of Jesus right here. Uh, so then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Uh, in another term for that, literally Jesus said, you make me sick to my stomach, I will literally vomit you out of my mouth. That was the words of Jesus to this church right here, this lukewarm church. And I believe it's the word to those that are lukewarm tonight. Those one minute that's up and the next minute they're cold. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's, I believe, that literally makes him sick. I don't know about you, but I want to be a blaze and a flame tonight. Anybody else? I want to be burning up and I want to be a flame tonight. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I want to be a fire tonight. I want to be a fireball tonight for the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight, Lord, and we lift you up, dear God, and we praise you, Lord, for everything you've done and everything you're going to do, dear Lord, tonight, Father Lord. I asked you, Lord, to anoint me, dear God, tonight. I asked you, Lord, to put the words inside of me to speak those words. Father, you would have me to speak, dear Lord, tonight, Father Lord. And we give you the glory, God, the praise and the honor for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. We live in a time where everybody says they love God, but nobody hates the sin. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We live in a time where everything is right and nothing is wrong. We live in a time where everybody is going to heaven, but nobody believes in hell. We're living a time in a generation that has been taught that everybody wins and nobody loses. Well, I got news for you tonight. <laughs> 
The only way you win in the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ to make heaven your home is to be born again tonight. But this is the time that we're living in. And these attitudes right here has produced a rebellious generation, a generation of chaos. And this attitude not only is in the world, but it has came and sink into the house of God. This attitude has become prevalent among the people of God, among the churches today. And what it has produced is nothing more than lukewarmness. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And if there's ever been a time not to be lukewarm, it is right now. If there's ever been a time that we need to be on fire, it is going right now. Because I believe that Jesus is coming again. Anybody know what I'm saying? Ain't it so no much surprise that this would happen? After all, Jesus even talked about it. He said, in the last days because of iniquity shall abound, the love of many should wax cold. People ain't in love with Jesus like they once was. People ain't got the heart for the cause of Christ as they once did. But I don't know about you, but I've come by to tell you it's time to catch some fire tonight. It's time to stir the flame. It's time to throw gas. And it's time to throw some logs. And it's time to get back to being that flame of fire for the cause of Jesus Christ. Anybody else with me tonight that says they want to burn all over? They want to be on fire for the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. This world don't need a lukewarm church. This world don't need a cold church. This world needs a church that is burning a flame. This church world needs a church that is on fire for Jesus Christ tonight. A lukewarm church ain't gonna produce nothing. Did you hear me? A lukewarm church ain't gonna produce anything but a bunch of air. A cold church ain't gonna produce nothing. Did you hear me? But a bunch of popsicles. Uh-oh. Call them God's frozen chosen. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't know about you, but I like to be where it's alive at. I'm telling you right now, we don't need no frozen. And we don't need no lukewarm. This world is in need of a church that's a flaming fire. This world is needing a church that is full of the Holy Ghost. Let me get it down. Fulton County, Pennsylvania needs a church that is full of the Holy Ghost. Anybody know what I'm talking about? This community needs a church that is full of the Holy Ghost. I can't speak for no others, but I can speak to the one that I pastor. We need to be that flame and fire for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Instead of being lukewarm, one minute you're up and the next minute you're down. Let me tell you why they get lukewarm. You want me to tell you the symptoms of a lukewarm church? It's a church, it's a people that is, is looking more at the physical than the spiritual. They're more concerned about pleasing the flesh pleasing what makes him feel good than they are about feeding the spirit man. Uh-oh. Ooh. 
You know what I'm talking about. They're more concerned about this physical body and making it feel appetizing, making it feel good than they are that spiritual man. How many know tonight that this body right here is going to be changed one way or the other? Either by the grave or by the catching away, the rapture of the church. It's going to be done away with one way or the other. This spirit man will live on either within the presence of God forever or in the eternal flames of hell forever. But yet people were more concerned about taking their physical and pleasing it more than they are the spiritual. I got news for you. That's what Laodicea had. In verse 17 right there in Revelation chapter 3, he said, because you say I am rich and increased with goods and have no need of nothing, and thou knowest not that you are wretched, miserable, and poor, blind, and naked. Don't get me wrong. I think the house of God ought to be blessed. But when we get to a point where we're more concerned about the physical than we are the spiritual, we find ourselves in trouble. How many know they had the materials? They had no need of nothing. They thought they had it. To put it in my terms, they had the finest cathedral. The church, let's just look at it, wait, Jimmy. The biggest building, the fanciest stuff, the treasury was full, and boy, didn't it look good. But yet, they were, in actuality, they were poor because they were missing the main ingredient. How many know you cannot have church if the Spirit of God does not dwell there? It's nothing more than a social gathering. I'm telling you, many people are like that tonight. My Bible tells me that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But here they were more concerned about that physical mentality. They were more concerned about pleasing the things of the flesh more than they were the spirit man. How many know tonight that you can gain the whole world? You can have all of that finances. You can have all of the finest material. You can have the biggest buildings. You can have the finest cathedral. You can have a treasury full. But guess what the Bible says? Where if a man, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? I present to you tonight that the most important thing that a man will ever have is the soul. Amen? If a man loses the soul, what good will all of this do? If that church misses out with Jesus, what good will it do? Did you hear what I'm saying? What good's it going to do? If we gain everything around here and we miss out on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, anybody know what I'm talking about? What good's it going to do? We can build the finest cathedral, but yet we miss the rapture. Anybody know what I'm saying? We need to get this mentality out of the way. 
that we need to please the physical more than the spiritual. We need to get it into our mindset that the spiritual man is more important than the physical man. But this lukewarm generation, this lukewarm time is more appealing to the flesh. They're more concerned about the physical rather than the spiritual. It's what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 and 4. He said that in the last days, man would be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. He didn't say they didn't love God. What he spoke right there was they would love their pleasures more than they would love God. How many believe that we are seeing that before our very eyes? If you don't believe me tonight, look around at this generation. Look around at this time. The houses of God are empty, but the football stadiums and the sports arenas are full. Amen? People don't want to give to the things of God no more but they'll don't have no problem with supporting Hollywood with the movies amen what I'm getting at tonight is people are more worried about their physical than they are their spiritual and that constitutes a lukewarm generation I got news for you it's time to awaken it's time to get the arise and it's time to shine and it's time to get on fire for Jesus Christ it's time we get more concern about that spiritual than we do the physical. Amen? It's time we get more concern about a pleasing the spirit man than this physical man right here. This is where we're at. And let me tell you, I'll hit it in a few minutes. When Jesus does come, they're going to find themselves shut out. Coming up in a few weeks, and I've always said, if I'd be Jesus, here's the night I'd show up on. Even if my boys are in it, we're going to still have church that Sunday night. There's a good possibility. <laughs> they'll bring the screens in. They'll cook the popcorn up. Instead of worshiping, you know what they're going to do? They're going to have a party. Well, I tell you. I just don't believe in that. I still believe that we give homage to who homage is due. What are you getting at? I'm telling you tonight is, I'm telling you people are more appetizing towards the things of the flesh than they are the spiritual. How many want to see a move of the Holy Ghost around here? How many want to see a move of the Spirit of God? I'll tell you how you get a move of the Spirit of God. You lay yourself down on the altar as a sacrifice and I can promise you there'll be fire from heaven that will come and consume that sacrifice. Anybody know what I'm talking about? What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying it's time to get waking up and it's time we lay ourselves down on the altar of spirituality where that fire from heaven can fall upon us and consume us. Anybody know what I'm saying? It's time we get on fire for the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. It's time to wake up. It's time to quit snoozing and it's time to realize that we are in the last few moments of the church age. I believe that. How do you believe that? You look around this past week. It can't go on. I'm just going to tell you. It cannot go on much longer the way it's going. 
Did you hear me? Ah, I may get myself in trouble here. But that's all right because I'm going to hit it on speaker one night this week. We're raising a bunch of sissies in our society. I don't back off that statement because that's what it is. They need pacifiers in their mouth. Amen. Let me tell you, I didn't have a pouting room when I was growing up. I got in trouble at school. Get over it and go on. <laughs> but no, I'm telling you, you look at things going on around the world tonight. It tells us we better be looking any moment. We better be looking any moment. Can I tell you, I'm about ready to bust your bubble. By the way, Jesus wasn't a sissy. He was a man's man. <laughs> He was a carpenter, and I can prove that through the word of God. And a carpenter was a man's man. But what I'm getting at tonight is, this is a lukewarm generation that wants to produce things like this. They don't want to preach the gospel because it offends somebody. They don't want to preach on hell no more because it offends somebody. But I got news for you. I'd rather offend them out of hell than to kiss them into hell. But it can't go on much longer. I thank God there's still some churches that still believe in having services, don't you? I thank God there's still some people that sold out and he's still got a remnant. But I'm telling you, it is a lukewarm. It is a cold and indifferent time. People throw the towel in at God all the time. They're giving up. I read statics of the week. It says more Americans have, have denied God in, the, in this last couple of years than in the history of the world. And I thought to myself, there we are, just like it said. The great falling away is happening. People no longer want to believe in God because I'll tell you why. People ain't seeing the fire moving because many times the church is just in the shape as the world this world don't need a church that's lukewarm this world don't need a church that is cold this world needs a church where the Holy Ghost is moving give me a church get full of the Holy Ghost tonight let me tell you the idea is that mankind is more interested in appealing to the flesh and then their own desires than they are appealing to the spirit man. What are you saying? They'd rather feed the physical than the spiritual. But I got news for you. I like to eat too, amen, physically. I like my steaks and I like my Krispy Kreme donuts. But let me tell you what I'm about to tell y'all. If I don't feed this physical body, what's going to happen to me? It'll wither up and die, won't it? It'll happen with the spiritual also. I'd rather lose the physical than the spiritual. Did you hear me? More focused on the materialistics than the spiritual. The attitude is, if I have time for God, then I'll just give him my time. But if I don't, I'll make him center around me. How many of you know tonight it don't work like that? 
How many know tonight God said, I'm not going to center around your time. You're going to center around me. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying a lukewarm generation is a prayerless generation. A lukewarm generation is a Bibleless generation. A lukewarm generation is a churchless generation. Did you hear me? What are you saying? I'm saying we've got more churches that are closing the doors than opening the doors. Did you hear what I'm telling you? In these last days, how many know what the, the writer of Hebrews said? He said, forsake not the assembling of yourself together as you see that day approaching. What day was he talking about? The coming of the Lord. How many know the night that day is fastly approaching? Instead of closing, we need to be opening. Give me, let me please my flesh. How about a pleasing the spiritual? I remember a day. I grew up Church of God, and you know that. I've told you before, I was the mean Church of God brat. I was the reason for rogues. <laughs> But let me tell you, I remember a day when they told you they were going to pray for you. I remember them bulldogs. That's what it meant. They were going to seek their teeth into you. They were going to get a hold of heaven until they got an answer. They had a group down there in Iron Station. If they told you you was going to pray for you, you might as well put your arm out and let that pit bull jump on and latch on because it was going to. I'd go back earlier than that into the early days and. Back in the early 80s, that's about as far as I can remember, where they'd literally gather around an altar and cry out to God. It wasn't just a lay me down to sleep prayer. It was I'll get that to I get up until I get an answer. Anybody know it? It was one of those Jacob things where he wrestled with the angel of the Lord until I'm not getting up here until you bless me. When's the last time we got that hungry? When's the last time we've been up at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning in the word of God? Anybody know what I'm saying? When's the last time we've been up on our faces before God at midnight praying out for a revival to sweep this land? They're more concerned with the physical than they are the spiritual. Now, point two. A lukewarm church, a generation, is a generation that will try to mix the things of God with the things of the world. How many know light and darkness just don't mix? Righteousness and unrighteousness just don't go together. This last generation that Jesus spoke of, I believe, uh, is a generation that tries to walk with God and tries to hold hands with the devil. How many know he, you ain't going to hold hands with both? You're going to hold hands to one or the other. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. He said, no man can serve two masters. For whether he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Listen to what he said. You cannot serve God and mammon. Uh-oh. Let me repeat this. 
there used to be a saying, I'm straddling the fence. There's not a fence to straddle. Show me a fence in the word of God to straddle. They ain't. You're either serving the Lord or you're walking with the devil. You're giving him all or you're giving this and all. Let me tell you, he ain't looking for half-heartedness. He ain't looking for a Sunday morning saint, then a Sunday morning saint, then a Monday through Saturday devil. He's looking for somebody that's going to serve him Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it goes on. Guess what? That's what, the, that's what a true believer does. That's what a born-again saint does. They serve him seven days a week. They don't have Sunday morning religion or Sunday night religion. You know what? They got a relationship that says, I'm going to walk with him seven days a week. This is the reason, and I'm telling you right now, here's what we got now. One day it used to be that people wanted to walk as far from hell as they could. But now in this last generation, people want to walk as close to hell as they can. Folks, I don't want to be nowhere close to that place. More or less trying to walk near it. They try to mix these two. Think about it. Many of the churches have loosened their stance. Uh-oh. Let me tell you, I don't believe in social drinking. It's still wrong. I don't believe in abortions. It's wrong. I don't believe in same-sex marriage. It's wrong. But now you got stances coming in. You'd find anything you want to hear. Says you got even denominations that are bringing a homosexual priestess to lead it, and I'm telling you right now, where sins in that camp, you need to write Inkabob on the door because God's not going to bless a mess. Did you hear me? The Spirit of God ain't going to dwell where there's sin that was in there. But I got news for you tonight: there's still a standard, there's still a righteousness, there's still a generation that's still believes in holiness unto the Lord tonight. But yet this generation right here, they want the nightclub feeling more than they want the church feeling. Yeah. I don't know about you, but give me that old time power as they was in that upper room. Anybody want to know what I'm talking about? I don't want to move of the flesh. I want to move of the spirit. Anybody else with me? I want a genuine move of the spirit. I want it like it was in the book of Acts. How many want to see a book of Acts movement right here? Here's what we get. We get on fire for God and we'll get a book of Acts movement. How many know they, talk, they tolerate sin? What was considered wrong they say, well, maybe it's not so wrong no more. I got news for you. If it was wrong then, it's still wrong today. And in many cases, they wink their eyes at it. I remember this one preacher getting on TV with his big smile. It ain't hard to figure him out. I don't deal 
with same-sex issues in my church. It told me it had him, he had them on stage there. I thought to myself, well, ain't too much you deal with. But I can tell you this. The, the right is still right and wrong is still wrong. And my Bible tells me in 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18, Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, said the Lord God, said the Lord Almighty. How many know Paul wrote that by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost? The Lord said, come out and be ye separate. I got news for you. If we're going to see a move of God, if we're going to see an outpouring, we've got to be a different people. You know what? I want to see sinners convicted. Anybody else with me? I want to see them brought to the Lord. If you wasn't here Sunday night, I told you. I had the privilege of preaching down in North Carolina last Wednesday night. I was told about a young lady that was involved in lesbianism. But she went down into an altar and came up a different creation. That's what I want to see around here. We ain't going to condone the sin. We're going to introduce them to one that can turn them around. Anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? Anybody know what I'm saying? We don't pat it on the back, but we bring them in and let the Lord do the work. Amen? I'm telling you, we give them the message of Jesus Christ. Amen? How many know tonight that we got the this generation needs a people that sold out. This generation needs a people that standing out and testifying that Jesus Christ is still on the throne. My Lord, I think I can preach all night tonight. We need to get an attitude towards sin of hatred. Did you hear me? We need to get an attitude that we hate sin. If you don't want to hate sin, you ain't got the mindset of God because God hates sin tonight. Hear what I'm about to tell you. If you don't hate sin, you need to look what it's done to people. Look what the drugs is doing to people. Look what the perversion's doing to people. That's the reason they, you look in your own household and look where sin has took those that you love. It ought to give you a righteous anger towards it. Gosh, I'd love to have an opportunity down in Pennsylvania. Have you? <laughs> to just preach righteousness. That's what it needs. Can I tell you right now, thank God, the church stood up other week. That ain't the end. That ain't the end. Let me tell you the true answer. The true answer is the church getting back up and being separate and being the people of God again. Did you hear me? The true answer is for the church to testify that he's still alive, to show that he made a difference in me. Anybody else can say that? He made a difference in my life. I don't talk the way I once talked. I don't do the things that I once done. Let me tell you, I've been bought. I've been paid by the blood of Jesus Christ, and I'm a new creation in him. Amen? I don't have that habitual lifestyle. Don't say we don't fall short sometimes, but I don't live that lifestyle no more that I once did. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
But people try to justify living in habitual lifestyle. I believe, honestly, when God gets a hold of somebody, you're going to see a difference in their life. Amen? I've told you before, before I got saved, I was on my way to the WWE. I went through the school. I learned how to fall. I learned how to trash talk. You can ask her. I went through it all. I went up through Virginia, West Virginia, places I'd have to leave that same night because I literally got up there and made people so bad. I know what I was doing. And I remember the time I got saved. I said, I know what I can't do no more. I said, now I'm going to be making the devil mad. <laughs> I'm using this mouth totally different now. The point is, I couldn't do that no more. It had to go away because he had an under test. And I remember asking the Lord, do you sure you got the right one that won't you want me to preach? <laughs> yeah, he got the right one. Then I said, all right, I'll be an evangelist. I already had it picked. I'll just travel the country, go different places. Nope, that didn't work out either. <laughs> See where I'm at tonight, pastor. <laughs> I told the Lord it'd be so much easier just to travel than pastor. <laughs> but that ain't what the Lord wanted. He made a difference in my life. And now I'm at a point. You get to the point. They're serving him. I just want what he wants. Anybody know what I'm talking about? This lukewarm generation is more. They want to try to live both ways. Folks, I'm telling you, God's looking for a sold-out church to him. He's looking for some people. That, he's looking for a church that's still sold out, that's still on fire for him tonight, that still holds to his standards. Amen. I still believe we need some hellfire, brimstone preaching again. Amen. I still believe we need some preaching that Jesus Christ is coming again. I remember those times growing up, the preacher would preach on the coming of the Lord, and I'd literally grip my the pews thinking, oh, Lord, please don't be tonight, because if you come, I'm not ready. I'm telling you right now. Anybody, you probably remember those times, but now people just assume that he ain't coming. I remember at times there would be so much conviction, knuckles would turn white in pulpits. Anybody know in the pews? I, I'm telling you, we need that kind of preaching again. Anybody else would be on air tonight. I'm telling you the lukewarm church is actually the enemy of God tonight. How many know that? A lukewarm generation is the very enemy of God and if there's somebody I don't want being my enemy and that's God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? James 4 and 4 tells us you adulterers and adulteresses know you not that the friendship of the world is enemy with God whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God you know what he's saying those that try to walk both paths you can't be sold out to him and try to run around with the devil how many know you can't shack up with the devil and not expect to pay the rent well, notice the terms he used right there adulterer and adulteresses Remaining those who are not faithful. Those who are not committed to him. Those who are trying to run around with him. He says, these are my enemy right there. 
Think about it. God ain't going to stay with someone that's going to run around on him. He'll deal for so long to get them to turn back. But guess what? After a while, they don't turn back. Guess what he's going to do? All right, that's what you want. Go on. If you don't believe me, how many would stay faithful to an unfaithful? How many would stay in a relationship with an unfaithful spouse that kept going on and on and on? And no sign of repentance and changing. It's the same thing. You want to walk hand in hand with the devil and try to stay married to God. It's not going to work. Folks, we better know who we're serving tonight. We better be committed to him 100%. With all my might and with all my strength, I need to be committed to him. Let me tell you something. Jesus told the Laodicean church you know, let me, let me get to, that he would literally vomit them up. Can I tell you they had to start out right to get on the wrong path? Did you hear me? They started out right to get on the wrong path. Then they got on the wrong path. Let me tell you what's going to happen. A lukewarm generation will literally find themselves shut up, shut out of heaven. I'm going to prove it right here. In Revelation chapter 30, and I'm hurrying, I promise. I want you to see some statements right here by Jesus. This is to the Sardis church. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard and hold fast and repent. Therefore, notice that word repent. If therefore you shall not watch, I will come unto you as a thief. And you shall know not what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names even in Sardis which have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk, work, walk with me in white for they are worthy. He who overcomes the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And listen to this statement. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Now, I don't know how big it is up here, but down there where I'm come from, there was a theory that went around, no matter what you did, your name couldn't be blotted out. That means you can smoke crack all you wanted to and everything would be all right. I'm telling you, this was going wrong. And it's a dangerous doctrine. I got news for you. If your name couldn't be blotted out, why did he tell them there, since they overcome, I will not blot your name out of the book of life? Those are the words of Jesus. Did you hear me right there? It tells me with that one verse that it is possible for a name to be blotted out of the book of what? Life. And what is the book of life? The Lamb's book of life. We better walk righteously and upright before him. And I'm going to show you there's going to be many people that will miss heaven thinking they've been walking with him. But he's going to say, I never knew you. In Matthew 25, we see the five foolish and we see the five wise virgins. How many know the five wise had oil in their lamps? The five foolish didn't have no oil in their lamps. So one day, they went out to buy. And guess what happened? 
the bridegroom come and the door was shut on them. What are you saying? I'm saying they were unprepared and they were unready. At one time, they had to have oil to let it go out. But they neglected that walk and everything. They neglected that spiritual man. And they got to a point, they said, well, we'll go by. And guess what? While they were trying to go by, guess who come? They were left out of the marriage. What are you saying, preacher? Here's where I'm going with it. A lukewarm church is going to miss the rapture. Did you hear me? A lukewarm generation is going to miss the rapture and they're going to miss heaven. I didn't say that. Jesus.